sloping towards Bethlehem, 15th of August 2021, uh, with a nod to W.B. Yates, of course. Publication day approaches and my need to blog increases. Having listened to my previous two randomly assigned recordings, it occurs to me that now would be a good time to explain the basics of the Ice Age and Scarlet setting, as otherwise the previous random entries make very little sense. So let's begin, as with all good things, in the middle. In 2035, there is an enormous, artificially triggered volcanic event that throws a California's worth of dust into the sky and causes major changes in the Pacific Rim coastline. In practical terms, this alone would have knocked out modern civilization, but it's soon followed by monsters appearing in the clouds, wars breaking out across much of the remaining world's surface, and a variety of diseases caused by a combination of large groups of undernourished people being forced out into a world where the mean temperature has dropped around 15 degrees. That's Fahrenheit rather than Celsius, of course. There are icebergs in the English Channel. The vampires fight Russians across Eurasia. Magic flashes with technology in the UK in the form of the Union keeps its head down whilst America locks itself away and rebuilds itself. By the end of the first stage of the catastrophe, all that's left is the Union, an alliance of the military, church, civil service, and the arcane investigations agency of the United Kingdom, the witches in their cozy little world woods, and the United States, who knocked their own equivalent to the AIA on the head when it got difficult. Oh, and of course, the man who did this. The prequels address how the world got to this state, showing how the great powers of the world, most of which are not human, are distracted from a looming threat. You don't make California drop into the sea without a metal of preparation by a variety of underhanded methods. By the end, and through the machinations of the initiator of our little extinction level event, they barely even notice what has happened as they are too busy assuming their enemies are the cause and that they need to launch their militaries into the fray and put in place a variety of contingency plans that are a little uh, experimental. That the world is not dead is due to a few characters who will follow in the prequels who, if they were not successful in stopping the catastrophe, at least not to the little skew in which allowed the survivors to survive, unknowing that they had been saved. Now, the main series follows a variety of characters, agents, witches, vampires and humans over 30 years following the catastrophe, up to the point where the surviving powers have identified who did this to them and joined together to launch an attack on a, once again active, perpetrator of a calamity who may have awoken to finish them off. It shows how they survived the initial blotting out of the sun, the monsters that fell upon them from above, and how they eventually adapted and thrived. It also shows how the limited magical powers of humanity at the start of the catastrophe burgeon, and what this actually means. Funnily enough, having a great deal of power available at your fingertips, there's no gatekeeping, there's power to be manipulated, is not an entirely uplifting experience for most of those engaged in it. The key question for the series is whether you should try and repair what was lost, live with what you've got, or push your way forward and glory in a world where you can fly through space like ethereal wings, but leave behind your humanity. Well, we're at 10 minus, T minus 10 days till the release of Master and his turn. Buy it. Links are on the front page of the Ice Age and Scarlet site. It's $3.99 in Amazon. And I look forward to producing more of these um, vlogs. Thank you.